Welcome, wombat folk and trolls, sorcerers and orcs to Rated RPG, the fantasy role-playing podcast where we toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. This is the Valley of Green Gold, episode 13. Before we get to the recap, a substantial amount of the Valley of Green Gold was submitted by our friends and Patreon supporters. We're going to do our best to thank them as their NPCs, locations, and adventure hooks come up in these recaps. Starting with Random.Guy, thank you for submitting the very concept of the Valley of Green Gold where our adventure takes place. Also, thanks to Lord Deputy Chris Vale for supporting Rated RPG and for helping adjudicate matters of great importance in our adventure. I know I've mentioned this. There's somebody on Crow Island who's raising rot grubs for their meat, and it's got the cattle ranchers and pig farmers and shepherds and poultry producers really pissed off. They say rot grubs are voracious. They're dangerous carnivores. And with only one individual farmer raising them, he's a monopoly and he's cutting into their business. Meanwhile, the rot grub farmer says, I haven't had any problems. Nobody's gotten hurt. Leave me alone. So Lord Deputy Chris Fail was asked to take up the matter and he has released a statement. Lord Deputy Fail supports a subsidy to the rot grubbers as a means of improving conditions amongst the Crow Island homesteaders and as valuable income via our burgeoning trade union. However, our Fair Trade Commission is definitely looking into the single owner allegations and will support additional subsidies to new rot grubbers. Ah, Lord Deputy Fail is taking the side of the rot grub guy. Hmm, I bet that's not the last we hear of that matter. Previously on Rated RPG, the party had completed their very first mission, delivering the body of Silbeth's partner Turley to her parents, Roger and Buttercup Oakcrest. They live in Mebay Beachside Estates, which is just south of Merchant Harbor. Thanks to our Patreon supporter Nick for submitting Roger and Buttercup. We learned that Mebay Beachside Estates are not estates. They're barely shacks. They're cheaply constructed. And there's not even a beach. The guy who owns this real estate venture is named Alain Coltan, thanks to Mage for submitting him. We also know that he owns the shipping company that brought the party to Crow Island. We learned that Merchant Harbor has a very serious stray dog problem, thanks to Scott McGrath for submitting that adventure hook. The community unanimously agrees that this dog problem has to be solved, but not everybody thinks they need to be destroyed, especially Buttercup. We learned that there's another wombat folk in Merchant Harbor, an innkeeper named Batima, who makes delicious pies, thanks to Spidey Mouse for submitting her. The party headed there to find a room. We learned that Silbeth's wild magic surges are most likely to happen when she feels strong emotions like anger, sadness, surprise, pain, and hunger. After forgetting to eat for a couple of days, the smell of Batima's cooking sparked a surge and it resulted in Silbeth casting fog cloud at the entrance to the hillside inn. We also learned that she has a tell. Just before she surges, her head snaps straight up and a short burst of light comes out of her. That might save the party if she ever has a more dangerous surge. We learned that there was a guest at the inn who was really upset because there were some birds in a tree outside of his room keeping him awake. That was an adventure hook submitted by GBS Trek. Batima is booked up solid so she couldn't give him a different room, so to defuse the situation, Silbeth and Wendell offered to move the bird's nest. And while those two are doing that, Bunny and Clubhead, you grab a couple of pies for the road, where are you going? 
Uh, we are headed to the mayor's house to see about some dang old dogs, man. The stray dog problem in Merchant Harbor is horrible. In fact, Clubhead, when you took a bite of the meat pie, what did you find out? I found out that there was a bunch of mushrooms in there, <laughs> and Clubhead got horribly disgusted because it was basically cannibalism. Yeah, and you spit out the food, yeah. and then you try to bite a cheese. I think Bunny gave you a piece of cheese. And Clubhead immediately noticed that there was fungus inside of the cheese, too. Yeah. D is there any food in this place that doesn't have fungus in it? Well, you know, when you spat out the piece of meat pie and the piece of cheese, a couple of uh, wild dogs just ran up and <laughs> ate up the, the bites of food. So, I, I, I mean, it's kind of staring you in the face. <laughs> but you were told by the woman down at the docks to not kill anything. And Clubhead so far yeah. has adhered to that. Uh, I guess it's a promise. Yeah. <laughs> so far, it's getting harder and harder every day not to kill something. <laughs> Well, as you guys are walking out of the hillside in and toward the town square, you have to cross the town square to get to this big three-story tower where the mayor uh, lives or keeps his office. You're not really sure. In the middle of the town square is this small park. It's bordered with well-tended flower beds and a few benches around the outside. On the northern end of this park, this town square, there's a gazebo. Under that gazebo, there appears to be a bulletin board with a couple of pieces of paper tacked up, fluttering in the breeze. Beyond that, you see a large oak tree on the southern side of the town square, and under that oak tree, you see a gnome. Now, this gnome is barely a meter tall, small for a gnome. Uh, he's got a tall, pointy red hat that sparkles in places as if it's adorned with jewels. The hat's pulled down, too, so it appears like the hat band is resting on big, bushy, white eyebrows. He's got long, fluffy, white mustaches and beard that hangs almost to the ground. He's wearing rather plain-colored blue robes tied with a length of hemp and rope. And he's standing next to a table that comes up to his chest or your knees. And on the table are a few small clay urns, several brown glass bottles stoppered with corks, and a metal cup. The table is adorned with a velvety black cloth that extends to the ground, and on the cloth, shimmering stars are embroidered into it, and in the middle of it, the name, Alcan the Impossibilist. What do you do? That guy looks fancy. I know we gotta go see the mayor, but like, anybody caught the Impossibilist has gotta be a guy we're talking to. You down, Clubhead? Yes, his advertisements have worked clearly on us. <laughs> Listen, uh, mass marketing is uh, effective, apparently, brother. Uh, and head towards the Impossibilist. <laughs> yes. Okay. You get over. You walk over to him, and his eyes get wide at the sight of you approaching, and his voice erupts from this tiny gnome. He says. Hello, gentlemen. All I need is a moment of your time. I'll give you a riddle for free. Give me the correct answer, and I'll give a prize to thee. Oh. You know what? I'm uh, I've been pretty good at riddles. All right, I'm down. I don't know if I'm good at riddles. Let's find out. <laughs> His eyebrows flutter as he uh, sees that you are now invested in this relationship. Uh -oh. he, he says, uh, all right, here comes my riddle. What cannot be touched but can be traded, cannot be stopped but can be taken? Um, time? Time, yes. Uh, that's 
cur good job! <laughs> Congratulations! Under his breath a bit, he says, Oh, fiddlesticks! I probably leaned too hard into moment of your time. <laughs> oh, all can, you've really stepped in it this time. <laughs> then he turns back to you and says, uh, Tell me, good sir, uh, what is your name? I am Bunny the Pain, soon to be the greatest wrestler of all the lands. And this right here is my homie Clubhead. Hello. I guess I gotta give you what you what you earned by figuring out me riddle. Uh, it's the right thing to do after all. The universe provides for thems of us who give with righteousness. Uh -huh. He puts both of his hands into a pouch on his belt and he procures two small items. You figure he's got one in each hand. Oh, oh boy. And he says to you, do you want something to aid you in a fight or some place to hide out at night? Ooh. Um, I look at Clubhead and I say, Clubhead, yeah? I'm never worried about being in a fight. How do you feel? Would you rather have something to aid us or something to keep us safe when we're trying to catch a, a snooze? Um, well, I don't really sleep. I just sort of stand there <laughs> so i guess i would go with the the thing to help me in a fight you know what that that makes sense you're, you're kind of like our uh, overnight guardian I, I guess yeah hell yeah 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 that's right you're you're our gargoyle guardian man that's a long title uh, what is his name impossibleist sir we'll take something to aid us in a fight oh of course something to aid you in a fight oh oh that's good uh, and you can tell that he seems disappointed that that's what you selected. <laughs> he unfurls his left hand, and in his hand is a diamond. It's kind of a, a yellowish tinted diamond. It's probably only worth about 50 gold, and oh. he holds it out toward uh, you, Bunny. I'm going to take the yellowish diamond, and I say, thanks for the treasure, my little friend. Do you have any more riddles where we can win more free stuff? Um... No. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. How do you make profit? <laughs> oh, well, um, okay, so what you do is you say, hey, got a riddle for you, and then you give a riddle, right? Okay. And then the person's supposed to say, oh, I don't know what the answer is. That's a very puzzling riddle. And then I say, well, for a copper piece, I'll tell you the answer. And then they put a copper piece in my cup right here on the table. And oh. They're not supposed to figure out the riddle. No. Any of you uh, happen to be a wizard or a sorcerer? I have some magic. Uh, we do have a friend who's a, a wizard, a sorcerer. What's Silbeth's deal anyway? Um, Silbeth, she's got a lot going on, man. Um... You, you know, trauma affects people in different ways. From what I can tell, she lost her boo, and now she's blue. Tale is old as time. She does magic, too. Uh, do you need some magical help? No, no, I, I am a magical help. I, I Anyway, I was telling, I was going to tell you what that, you can use that diamond. Uh, I, I used to use it for a spell. Uh, what spell in particular? Chromatic orb. Oh. Yeah. Well, you, you, you solved my riddle. I, you know, it's fair and square. Yeah, well, um, thank you very much, Mr. Impossibleist. Uh, I hope you have loads of very stupid customers soon. As do I. <laughs> Harder riddles, pal. That, that was, I'm not the sharpest crayon in the jar, but you need tougher riddles, man. Yeah. <laughs>
Have a great day, buddy. I like your tassels and your outfit. Oh, thank you so much. So, actually, I have this one. Oh, wait. If we get stuck into wrestling techniques, come see my first show. It'll be a month from now. I guarantee it. If you want some dumb customers, no one's a bigger mark than a wrestling fan, buddy. All right, it's a date. I'll be there. Clubhead, should we head more towards the mayor's? Yeah, I suppose. I am still a little bit hungry. It's a shame that that impossible list didn't sell hot dogs. And you can't eat diamonds, correct? No, sadly. Ah. Otherwise, I would just eat the diamond I found earlier. Do we see any, like, other food vendors around? Hold on a second. Bunny, Clubhead just mentioned he found a diamond earlier. See, I was thinking it was when he had met up with Wendell at first, before we first got with him. Oh, okay. So I was just like, yeah, that's where I was going. Oh, his Wendell adventures. Oh, sure, sure. Okay. Well, that makes sense. All right. Well, you look around from where you stand, and aside from the slightly saddened gnome, um, you do see a couple of other people sort of milling about town. You see there's a tavern uh, called the Greasy Lizard that is actually right next door to this three-story tower. Shall we try the lizard? Hmm. The age-old question. Do we do our quest, <laughs> or do we get distracted a second time? I say we go to the lizard. I'd say the lizard as well. Look, it's right next door. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> <laughs> You're walking up to the front door of the tavern known as the Greasy Lizard, and you don't even make it to the front door when you see a familiar face uh, approaching. Oh. It's the woman from the docks. Oh. The one wearing the leather armor, who's got the silvery buckles yeah. and the uh, shiny metal hilt of the sword. And she looks like she is targeting you as she approaches, making a direct line right toward you. She's the one who we think maybe works for big man Stan Col Coltan. <laughs> that was a hell of a name that I... I don't know if you made that up or if that's his name. That was a hell of a name, dude. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> so even before you make it to the front door, uh, she approaches you in the street and she says, Mr. Professional Wrestler. Yes! And friend. Hello. I am assigned to find you and bring you to my boss, Alain Coltan. Oh, I've heard about this guy. Congratulations, your mission is accomplished. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. I hate to be a stickler. Does your boss have hot dogs? Hot uh, dogs? You don't know what a hot dog is? Oh my God, all right. So back home, right? Do you ever see like, you know how there's meat and a lot of meat's like on a stick. This cuts out the middle, man, literally. So you just wrap it up in this casing and sometimes you put it in like a little bread tube and then you eat it all together. Hot dogs haven't made it to the island? Sorry. You're talking You're talking about knockerwurst? Oh, see? It's just cultural differences. Or a sausage? Some kind of sausage? Yes, a sausage! Wait, I was talking about just a dead dog thrown on a fire. Ooh. Once again, cultural differences. Everyone's got their own. Yes. Well, <laughs> as much as I would like to keep this conversation going, we must go back to talk to Mr. Coltan. Oh, well, we were on our way to the mayor, actually. Uh, we, we, were, we have a quest to go see him. I'm sure that after you talk to my boss, you'll realize just how neutered Scout Schellenberg is. Oh, really? 
He has no power here. Hmm. Okay. He's a jobber. Yes. But if Asantis. <laughs> Does the land Coltan have any food that doesn't have fungus in it? Do you just want, like, uh, dried meat? Yeah. That'd be perfect. Yes, we can arrange that. Oh. Okay. So she leads you uh, up the street, away from Mayor Scout Schellenberg's tower, away from the greasy lizard. Again! Yes, successfully distracted. <laughs> we are three distractions in ten minutes. High score. <laughs> the quest, it's behind you now. And uh, she walks you north, uh, past the street where you would go to the docks, to a, a very nice two-story building. Looks like a newer building. And uh, she unlocks the front door. The front door is locked. And she pulls out a ring of keys and unlocks the front door with one of them. And she says, please go inside. Go up the stairs. I will be right behind you. Okay. No, no, no offense to you, lady and porn ma'am. Clubhead, does this feel trappish to you for some reason? Just <laughs> going into a place we've never been with the person who's leading us now behind... I don't want to be paranoid. I like to see the, the good side of people. I can handle myself in a fight. I'm willing to go in. Clubhead, are you cool? I'm assuming that we uh, have sort of stepped aside so that she can't just overhear our conversation. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I always fucking forget that. I, I hold up a little finger and be like, oh, what, one moment, please. And I, I turn to Bunny and I say, I got a bad feeling from her the first time I saw her. Yeah. I think she's a bully. She did not have to take a liking to you at all. No. And, I mean, look, I think you're a pretty great guy, man. I, I got a good judge on people, it's even non-people people. Do you want to go in, or should we mosey? We did walk all the way over here. I say we go in, we just be on our guard. Let's go. We do have that diamond to help us if we get in a fight. What, throw it at somebody? I'm not a magician, pal. I'll punch folks. <laughs> All right, so we go in. She seems to be a little annoyed that you've taken extra moments of her time. <laughs> of course. And she points up the stairs. She closes and locks the door behind you Ooh. and then follows you up the stairs. You get to the top of the stairs and there's a hallway that leads to one door, one a very large, dark colored wood door. She raps on the door and you hear a voice from inside the room say, Enter! And she opens the door, swings the door open. Inside this room, it looks like a, a very comfortable, lavishly decorated office. There are pieces of art hanging on the walls. You know, items that you would see in a very wealthy person's house. Little trinkets and objects all throughout the room Ooh. that may have some sort of significance. Culturally, you're not really sure. Uh, both of you give me a history check. Negative one on history, but that don't matter when you got the juice. I got a three. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, an eight. Yeah, y'all should have sent the mages for this intelligence crap, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not the smartest. <laughs> this uh, this office looks like a fancy museum to you guys. This is awesome. Yeah. And uh, there's a large, maybe it's mahogany. It's a very dark, expensive-looking desk. Uh, wood is very nice. And behind the desk is sitting a man who is wearing robes that are yellow and green and red. There are panels of maybe silk. It's very, uh, very shiny material. He's wearing a blue neckerchief around his neck. He's got black hair that's slicked back, and it's long hair. Maybe it's pulled back in a ponytail or something like that. You can't really tell. 
He looks up at the woman who enters the room first and says, Thank you, Celine. And then he looks at the both of you and says, Go ahead, have a seat. There are two leather chairs uh, in front of the desk, as if they've been placed there just for you. I come on in and have a seat. Likewise. Nice chair you got here, man. Most chairs don't fit me too well. What is this? Is this real leather? Yeah, it's real leather. Comes from a cow. Oh, boy, you must got money. I do all right for myself. I'm going to look around just a little bit. I'm not going to try to be too obvious, but, you know, I'm just going to look for, like, any hidden traps. I, I'm just imagining this guy having, like, a Dr. Evil, like, style <laughs> lever that he pulls, and then our chairs fall out from under us, you know. Okay. Mr. Burn style, just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Give me, uh, both of you, give me perception checks. Okay. I got a 20. Not natural, but a 20. Holy shit, Emery. Okay. I failed once again. Good rolls today. <laughs> you got a one. Yeah. Clubhead, as you look around the room, you see that there are no windows in this room. Okay. You notice that his desk has a stack of books on it. Uh, they are leather-bound books, but they don't have titles on the covers. You remember back to when uh, you were in the workshop of Gibble Tinkertop, and Tinkertop, of course, had all kinds of books, but usually there was there were names on them, so you notice that. Okay. And while I don't know if Clubhead would know what incense is, you detect a very, very faint odor that comes and goes, and it's so faint that Bunny can't detect it, Ooh. but it smells like an aromatic wood that has been burned. So like a sandalwood, but you don't know exactly what it is, and it's there one second and it's gone the next. You don't see or detect any traps around the chairs. That is all, Celine, she says. I must bring something for the construct to eat. Kaltan uh, nods. She leaves, she closes the door behind her though. Finally, somebody getting me food when they said they would. Kaltan leans back in his chair. Celine tells me that you're a wrestler of some renown. Yes, sir. Uh, I was making it all the way to the, the top number one league. And would you believe this? My career is thwarted, not from a lack of skill, but saving my parents' life. It wasn't right. Uh. But a man does what a man does to protect his family. I still think I'm the, the hottest, high-flyingest, most handsome. Oh, hold on, I'm not trying to cut a promo for free. No free promo, sir. But I am quite renowned, yes. Humble, too. I like that. <laughs> oh, man, my humility, probably my biggest talent. And you. No. He turns and looks at Clubhead. <laughs> you are a chore to behold. Uh, 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 well, um, thank you. <laughs> You're one of those Thule automatons, yeah? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Interesting. Let me get right to the point. You, and he points at Clubhead, Owe me a hundred gold. Wait, what? Why? You didn't pay for passage on my ship, and you ruined a barrel of rations. Ruined a barrel of rations? That's right. Oh, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Had to be destroyed. It was full of fungus. <gasps> you destroyed it? Couldn't eat it, couldn't sell it. But, but that was my family. Well, it's nothing now. <sighs> Wow. My condolences, but you owe me a hundred gold. How come we're just finding out about the fee now? How come they didn't tell us when we got off the boat? It, no offense, Mr. Sultan Colton. It's, it's coming out of nowhere. He stowed away on this ship. 
Celine told me that Captain Harska said that she didn't throw him overboard. Should have thrown him overboard. Wouldn't be having this discussion if she did. <sighs> You're a straight shooter. Gentlemen, I am an exporter of things, and one of those things is beer. Because of that damn dragon turtle, all my imported bottles ended up at the bottom of the sea. And if I'm gonna export Skull, the barbarian beerbarian, whatever the hell his name is, beer, <laughs> I gotta have a hundred bottles. Uh, where do we find these bottles to take to Skull? That's a really great question, and I'm sure a couple of resourceful fellas like yourselves can figure that out. Oh, aren't you a card, Mr. Coltan? I mean, or you can pay me a hundred gold. Well, I'm feeling quite sad. I am having a hard time with executive function right now. I'm... I, I just don't know what to do. Uh, I certainly don't want to give this guy who killed my family a bunch of money. Ooh, let's relax, oh boy. Woo, that's... <laughs> Is it okay if I speak to Clubhead about this in a, in a corner of your room, you know? Why not talk to him about it right in front of me? Hey, Clubhead. Do you want to do this mission? We can scrounge up a hundred gold, or we can just go knock this out right quick. Also, I'm sorry about your family. And just as you say that, Celine uh, comes in the room and she has a small wad of paper in her hand and uh, she hands it to Clubhead. Here is your beef jerky. Clubhead stands up, looks at her, looks at Alain Coltan, and then looks back at her and then slaps the beef jerky out of her hand and says, No, thank you. I've lost my appetite. Her eyes get really wide and she has an angry look on her face. Both of you guys give me an insight check. All right, first good roll of the day. Nope. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm on fire at least. Uh, I rolled another 20. All right. So uh, maybe Bunny is just so surprised by this that uh, you're not able to get a very good read on it. Yeah. But Clubhead, based on the look on her face. Yeah. This is not something that anyone has done to her in a very long time. This sort of like aggressive denial of <laughs> status, right? So not only did I sort of like unintentionally demean her by having her fetch me food, but then I, I totally like <laughs> insulted her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was so great. Okay. <laughs> The beef jerky hits the ground, the paper bursts open, and it skitters across the nice, clean floors of Alain Coltan's office. He raises an eyebrow and says to Celine, Looks like this one's got a set of stones. And with that insight check of 20, you detect that he's not really all that angry with you. He's a bit impressed. <laughs> Celine, she scowls at you, and she says, your days in Merchant Harbor are numbered, Construct. So are yours, Coltan says. Easy now. Let's not shed blood or whatever's inside of that thing in my office. Yeah, we're, we're on our way out, Celine. You missed a big deal. He just found out he lost family. We're just in a bad spot right now emotionally. Uh, I, I go to, like, pick it up just to try to keep the peace. Because I will fight her, and I will lose, but I will fight for my boy. <laughs> So to avoid that, I'm going to try to just pick it up and be like, look, everybody grieves differently. Our bad work. We're, we're going to get out of here and take care of this job. Have a have a good day. 
And also, all days are numbered. That's why we got calendars that I get ready to leave. <laughs> Sir, we're going to leave and go get the 100 bottles. Where do we take them? He's north of town by the sand dunes. He's got his brewery up there. The beer bearing. <laughs> sand dunes, beer bearing. We're going to get out of your hair. We're going to go grieve his family. And we're going to get this job done. Well, she doesn't stand in your way. In fact, uh, she escorts you out, unlocks the door, and doesn't say anything to you as you leave. She slams the door closed and locks it behind you. And there you are, back out in Merchant Harbor on the on the street there. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry about that outburst, bunny. Don't you worry about it, brother. You lost people. Uh, um, fun, fun guy. Yeah. So we need to find bottles. Yeah. Well, Who makes glass? We still have to go talk to the mayor. Maybe we could ask him. See, this is why I need you, man. You're the thinker of the group. All right, uh, let's head towards the mayor's office. <laughs> as long as it's not a riddle. You're the riddle solver. <laughs> That's because my mind thinks in blanks, so I fill them in like Mad Libs. That's why riddles work. But <laughs> let's head towards the mayor's office, my brother. Yeah, we're finally, finally going to do what we set out to do. <laughs> Of course, on your way there, you guys picked up the beef jerky. What did you do with it? Uh, I was just going to put it in my sack in case he got hungry after the rage. Yeah, Clubhead does get hungry on the walkover. Okay. Take this jerky just in case, because I want you to have a lot of energy in case things get a little frisky. That's all. No, I, I'm extremely famished. I, uh, I, I will eat it. Yes. Give me a perception check. Both of you. Hey, I got a 10. I hit double digits. Let's go. Nice. I uh, got an 18. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Bunny handing over the uh, beef jerky. Even though you're the one who picked it up off the floor, you don't, don't really notice anything about it. But Clubhead, you notice it's not beef. It's something else. Some other kind of jerky? Yeah. Okay. I would give you a nature or an uh, investigation check if you want. All right. Well, I'm terrible at both of those, so I'll go with nature. If it's toy furky, I swear. I got a four. Well, it uh, it's food. You, you can sense that it's meat of some kind. All right, so it's not the tofurkey like Bunny was worried about. It's not tofurkey, and uh, and it's it's edible. It's food, and it doesn't have any fungus on it. Hey, Bunny. Yeah. Um, I don't recognize this kind of meat. Do you? Uh, I, I grab a piece, and I'm not going to nibble on it, but I'm just like do a little sniff, and then I'm going to do an uh, investigation check. Sure. Big roll. That was also a four. <laughs> hey, um, I'm pretty sure it's a meat. <laughs> Well, I will try a bite of it and see how it tastes. You take a bite, uh, it tastes pretty good. Okay. Oh. Well, I'm gonna eat most of this, but I'm gonna save a little bit for Wendell. The second you take any food out of your backpack, there's suddenly three or four dogs trailing close behind you. Get back! Yeah! Get back! Somebody's gotta do something about this dog problem. Give me an intimidation check. 15. I only got a 12. Okay. Between the both of you, you're able to just, uh, you know, like Shoot. threaten the dogs, intimidate them, get out of here, go home. So yeah, the dogs give you distance. They don't go away completely, but they keep their distance from you. Uh, give me a perception check, both of you. Hey, 13. 14. You look back over to the park where you saw Alcan the Impossibilist, and he's not there anymore. Oh no, we put him out of business. Was it our fault? He really... He really kind of told us the answer from the beginning, though. I don't... Yeah. He's got to be more subtle. He needs a new business model, I think. Also, one copper per riddle? There's no way his overhead matches that. No way. He's got to be in the red, buddy. No, no way. <laughs> it's unsustainable. 
you notice that the fog cloud is no no longer there in front of the uh, hillside inn. Oh, oh God. Uh, We're still within, like, eyesight of that place? Wow, we've barely gone anywhere. We've done a very short square route. <laughs> you've crossed part of town. That's what you've done. All right, we're headed to the mayor's office. We really hope that uh, Silbeth and Wendell aren't worried about us. They're like They've been gone for hours. They have their own problems coming up in the next episode. So you walk past the greasy lizard, and you hear you know sound coming from inside. That you know, it's typical uh, bar room sounds. It's about noon, lunchtime, about then. You guys do make your way to the base of the tower. The sign out in front of this tower reads, The Archive. Imagine a fire spotter's tower with a narrow wooden stairway that winds up around the exterior of four long pillars uh, that reach uh, three stories above uh, the ground. The last 20 feet of the staircase, though, is missing. It looks like it's there's no stairs there. Oh, no. There's a small sign up there, but you can't read it from where you are. How do people, um, you know, have meetings with the mayor if they can't get up there? You can climb the stairs to get to at least where the stairs are gone. Head up the stairs. Yeah, let's go there. As you enter the uh, base of the tower, you see there are some small shrubs that encircle the uh, pillars that hold the whole thing up. And there are some wildflowers down there, but they're not as well kept and maintained as they are in the town square. These are wildflowers sprouting up within the cracks of the cobblestone walk that lead to the uh, stairway that leads up. And as you climb the stairs, you notice that some of the stairs are a little damaged. Maybe, uh, Clubhead, you notice that maybe there is some fungus in the stairs. Ooh. So as you get to that second level, give me a perception check. Seven. Twenty-one. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Dude. Bunny, you're not an engineer. Nope. Uh, if something needs to be body slammed, you're the guy. But uh, yeah. Clubhead, you notice that there's a staircase, but it's folded up into the floor above you. Oh. And you notice the little sign. There is a rock attached to the sign. It says, call for service. What do we have to? I think we have to use that rock to call for service somehow. Yeah, all right. Uh, can I? Is it a rock? We, is it like a pick upable rock, or do we have to like touch it? How big is the rock? It would fit into the palm of your hand, three or four inches across, and uh, it is attached to this wooden sign with copper wires, so you couldn't get it off. Okay. I think I've seen these before back home. Uh, It's like, you can kind of, they use like these two cups. And so one person had a cup and another person had a cup. Um, But I think they use rocks instead. Check this out. And then I I pick it up and I say, hello, can you help us? Do do you touch the the rock or do you just shout into the rock? It's not like a pen at the bank. Oh, I was going to like pick it up to bring it closer to my mouth. Yeah. You can't because it's attached to the wooden sign by the copper. It's like wound around it and attached to it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Then I'm yelling directly into it. Do you touch it when you yell or no? I don't think I need to if it's going to be stationary. Bunny, you, you yell into this rock and you wait a few moments. Nothing happens. You don't hear anything. Nothing happens. Either the son's a liar or I did it wrong. Do you want to give it a try? Yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, I'll touch it this time. And, uh, and I'll say, hello, anybody home? Well, after a moment or two, you hear a voice coming presumably from the rock. And the voice says, what can I do for you? We would like to have a meeting with the mayor about 
the dog problem. Oh, okay, hold on a minute. And then after a moment or two, a staircase begins to be lowered, granting you access to the top of the tower. Woo! Isn't this a fancy contraption they got going on? Yeah. Huh. We're good together, Bunny. Man. Yeah, good work. High five. Hey, high five. We need, you, you know what? I need a new tag team partner for the world championships. You trying to wrestle? No, not really. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, <laughs> head towards the stairs. I could be the friend that you hang out with after the wrestling match. Oh, you you trying to get some of these um, ring bunnies. I see what you're trying to get into. All right, you dirty dog. Yeah, <laughs> be one of them. At the top of the stairs, you see a tall, slender tabaxi, a cat person. He's wearing very modest, like, uh, commoner's clothes, a tunic and, and brown pants. And as you make it about halfway to the top of the stairs, he goes, No, 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 stop right there. Stop right there. B back down the stairs. Both of you, please back down the stairs. <laughs> I cannot let him into the archive. He points at Clubhead. Why? This is my pal. <laughs> He appears to be covered with fungus? Uh, well, yeah, but it's just me. I, this, the fungus is me. So you'd have nothing to worry. I, I, please, please, the fungus could damage the archives. Well, we're looking for the mayor. We're not trying to get to your archives, pal. I am the mayor. Oh. oh. Just back down the stairs. I'll talk to you from here. I don't want any of the spores to attach themselves to me. It could ruin everything. I have uh, some bad news for you, Mr. Mayor. I believe there's already fungus in your building. What? I saw some when I was on the way up the stairs. There's already... It's, uh, it's inside of the wood. Inside of the wood. Oh, dear. If you'd like, I could try to talk to it. Try and tell it, you know, to maybe not go up into your archives. You can do that? Yeah, of course I can. Y yes, please. Okay, sure. No problem. And then we can talk about the dog problem, yeah? Correct, yes. Please. <laughs> okay. I'll go back down to uh, where we, where I spotted the, uh, the rot or whatever. You touch it. I use my special ability, fungal communication. You touch it and you hear the fungus say, Hello, brother fungus. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, uh, pr pretty good. Really? We're just hanging out here. This uh, wood is full of us so yeah. uh, don't you know don't destroy it don't burn it no no of course not tell your tell your friend we're going to keep you nice and safe i just i just wanted to say though that if you if you want to stay safe you should not spread up uh, all the way to the top of the tower don't go up the tower no definitely do not if you do that then they're going to replace you oh but if we stay here they won't they won't harm us yeah yeah. Tell everyone you know, okay? Nobody goes up to the top of the tower, all right? Will do, Brother Fungus. Okay. Hey, you have a good one, all right? Yeah. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, go back up to the mayor. I say, okay, uh, they said they're not going to get to the top of the tower uh, as long as you don't, and, and you can't cut them out, okay? They're going to stay at the bottom. Okay. It, it's a deal. Uh, we won't do it. You notice his tail uh, twitching kind of behind him. There's a variety of cat. I used to have one, a Maine Coon. Yeah. And they have this really fluffy, soft fur that sticks out. So their tails are really fluffy. Nice. And their their faces have this fluff that sticks out at the sides. They're, they're very uh, photogenic cats. And that is kind of what Scout Schellenberg is like. And as his tail twitches uh, behind him, both of you give me an insight check. Oh, here we go. Big insight. 
16. Nice, 13. You beat me. Listen, one out of 80. <laughs> <laughs> Bunny, ever since you fell out of that window when you were like three years old, uh -huh. man, you have loved cats and you can really pick up on what a cat is putting out there. And uh, this cat is very happy with you because you've solved a problem that he didn't even know he had. Clubhead, I think we could ask for dang near anything right now. You saving him from the mushroom issue? Buddy, we could ask for the world. Great freaking job. Oh, uh, yeah, of course, no problem. Hey pal, Mr. Mayor, we're here about the dog issue. Uh, the dog problem. If I had a bigger problem, I don't know what it would be. How did it happen and what would be the easiest way for us to get him out of here if you don't want us to murder every dog in town? Okay, your first question. How did it happen? It happened because of Alain Kaltan. Oh. His tenants in those horrible cottages allow their dogs to breed excessively. That's how it happened. It's all Alain Kaltan's fault. <sighs> that guy. We just met Alain Coltan. He's not a very nice guy, that Coltan man. I'm glad you see things my way. He killed my family. Very sorry to hear that. Terrible guy, amazing chairs. Really? Why don't you just arrest him? Can't be arrested. He's not broken any laws. But if he were to break a law, then you could arrest him? Yes. Well, I can't arrest anyone, but I could have the sheriff arrest him. Okay. Huh. Does he own the sheriff? He seems to be pretty well connected to everybody. That's a very good question. It's uh, unlikely. Sure. I almost lost an election to him, the last mayoral election. Let's just say that we have a tentative truce, he and I. All right, I, I, I can understand that, yeah. To answer your other question, uh, how do you get rid of the dog problem without killing them? Why would you not want to kill them? I was told we weren't supposed to cause trouble in your town and I'm not trying to go to jail. I can appreciate that. Who told you that? Celine, who also works for your tentative truth. White Heath. Yeah. <sighs> but if, listen, the mayor beats a sidekick. <laughs> I, if you're willing to let us just go around, you know, doing what we do, we'll get rid of the dogs. You make a valid point. I have um, pre-existing dislike for dogs. So, uh, that aside, I can understand why you wouldn't want to butcher the beasts in the streets. That might uh, affect public sentiment, especially if I was the one who sent you to do it. Oh. I must admit, I'm not very politically astute, so thank you for thinking of the things that I don't. Okay. I'm more of a archivist, if I'm being honest. Okay. How did you become mayor? Well, I care about Crow Island deeply. Mm. I care about its history, the artifacts of significance, the, the cultures that used to reside here. When no one else wanted to be mayor, I stepped up. And then we had a bit of a population explosion. And next thing you know, Coltan shows up. And then the rest of the filth. Who's the filth? That dragonborn who runs the greasy lizard next door. You can hear them cavorting about inside now. It was so much cavorting, man, I couldn't believe it. Oh yeah, we walked by that place, sounded r rowdy. <sighs> I'm glad you see things the way I do. Look, I, I don't have any advice for you on the dogs. Perhaps you could lead them away. I, I got an idea for the dogs. Don't you worry about that, but something I would like your help on. Where in town do I get a hundred glass bottles for beer? There are several taverns. Perhaps the taverns would have glass bottles. Well, there is moss ass. I beg your pardon, the mayor. I said there is moss ass. 
Oh, I don't appreciate that nickname. No, I'm not talking to you. His name is Clubhead, sir. You're not going to insult my friend, okay? Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, it's... There's a creature in the swamp, in the moist lands, and his name is Moss Ass. Oh. He has glass bottles. Uh-oh. Is, is Moss Ass a friendly creature, person, thing? I don't think so. I'm very suspect of him. Okay, so we could go around boringly asking taverns for glass bottles, or we can go get them from Moss Ass. Let's go meet Moss Ass. I'm, I love a good name. Moss Ass has a strong name, my friend. <laughs> I love it too. I will tell you this, though. <laughs> Don't drink any of his potions. Okay. Thank you very much for that warning. Uh, do you know anything about a Beerbarian? Oh, yes. Skull, the Beerbarian. Yeah, he's a local uh, fixture. He, he's been brewing beer and ciders for a very long time here in Crow Island. In fact, he's one of our original heroes. Really? Nice. Stand-up guy, it sounds like. Well, he's a bit unstable, but yes, he makes a great beer. And uh, he lives up in the... Where was he? Up in the dunes. Yes, the sand dunes. Are, are the dunes and the uh, swamp, are they in different directions then? That's right. The swamp is to the south and the dunes are to the north. Well, I'm starting to get a picture of where we got to go next then. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Um, Mr. Mayor, it's been a pleasure to meet you. Once we take care of the dogs, um, I'm assuming there could be some compensation worked out. I would assume so. I would assume you need something from me. We need, uh, jobs. I need a home. Yeah. And also, we need revenge on Coltan for killing my family. He grins and you see his fangs glisten in the light. And he says... I think we're going to get along just fine. Womp, 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 moss ass, here we come. Woo! And that is episode 13 of the Valley of Green Gold. Thanks to Nopi, Plasto Joe, and Manflesh for supporting Rated RPG. Here's to the members of the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade, Anna, Scott McGrath, and Mongoose. Let the townspeople rejoice in your honor. Some of our Patreon supporters also find themselves on the front page of the Merchant Harbor Gazette from time to time. They are Weary Traveler, Super Justin 64, Spidey Mouse, and Sean Duncan. Here's to our Dukes, Turtle and Crow, making a big difference with their gifts on the table of potentially decent random stuff. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but Duke Jason of the Grand Duchy of Smurt has perished. He was recently on an expedition to examine a strange tower being constructed in the Silver Mountains when suddenly boulders begin raining down on the Duke and he was smushed. So now he takes his place in the bucket of friends. In Duke Jason's honor, won't you please give us a great rating wherever you get podcasts, review us, and tell your friends about Rated RPG. On behalf of everyone around Ye Old Gaming Table, thank you for enjoying the Rated RPG Podcast.